0: Talk and Shop, an e-commerce strategy podcast brought to you by Zyber, New Zealand's leading e-commerce experts and Shopify Plus partner. We're here to share our knowledge and insider tips on all things e-commerce with the help of some amazing industry guests. New episodes available every week so you can make the most of your business online. Stay tuned for this week's episode coming right up.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Talking Shop with Zyber, guys. As always, Waldo and Leo. How are you doing today, sir?
2: It's really nice to sit next to you this way. It's a bit different, isn't it? I can smell your cologne. You smell really nice. (laughs)
1: Really? Thank (laughs) you.
2: I I was just saying that to put you off. (laughs) 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 Yeah,
1: you you definitely got me. What are we doing today? Hey, um, you know... We are always looking to expand our uh, listeners' knowledge out there. And we talked about so many things on the front end of the website and on the side of the website and on top and underneath. Today, we're going to focus a little bit more on the back end, what happens in the back office. To all those of you who are out there, if you're a merchant, you're a business owner, right? So um, one of the topics that I'm going to personally say that I am definitely um, not very smart at is the uh, tax side and the uh, blah, blah, blah.
2: Uh, I could tell you don't even know how to, how to do the introduction. <laughs> there about you tax. go. So this, this episode is really about uh, those of you who may be you know, selling globally and you're starting to think, am I doing my taxes right? Am I going to get caught? Am I going to get fined? Yeah. Uh, and to help us today, we've got Morgan Hardy from, uh, well, you, your domain is ITAX, but it's Indirect Tax. Indirect Tax. Indirect Tax. Um, so Morgan. Thank you, thank you for coming along.
0: Thank you very much for uh, inviting me, and uh, it's not very often uh, tax people get invited by non-tax people to talk about their craft, so uh, (laughs) I wanted to be here.
1: No, I think there's gonna be a lot of value for the listeners out there, Um, and I think a really good place to start, Morgan, is just give
0: people a bit of an overview of yourself. Who are you, where are you from, that sort of thing. Right, so I'm a Gisborne boy originally. Um, I um, then studied accountancy and law and decided actually to get into the field of tax because for me it was a great combination of um, numbers and the analysis of law and, and things, so two things that I found quite interesting. Cool. So I started um, back uh, in Auckland with Arthur Anderson back in the 90s hmm. uh, and then moved over to the UK where I spent uh, 10 years, again, focusing on, um, on tax but really looking at uh, global tax from a UK perspective so very much focused on on VAT on VAT throughout the UK and Europe and also Asia the group I was was working for overseeing their taxes was big in the US and also in Asia so got a very good global um, view of tax affairs and business and then I I came back to New Zealand in 2010 brought back uh, wife and two kids because I decided London's not a place for two young boys Mm, Um, and then I spent the next 10 years um, again looking at uh, international tax from Tauranga, where I was looking after the global tax affairs for um, this uh, this uh, multinational group. Cool. Um, and and then um, recently I sort of started to look at the way, particularly indirect taxes, which we'll come and talk about soon, mm-hmm. um, were really exploding around the world and how they are really starting to catch exporters. And I think it's a real um, minefield, or t- potential minefield for exporters. And because New Zealanders focus, rely so much on the export industry, yeah. uh, and it's an area that's changing. I sort of see that there is, is, is a gap. Um, and what I want to do is start, um, I guess, educating as well so people are aware of how changes outside of New Zealand can affect their business. Yeah, 100%, and
1: I think that's awesome because you know there's so many merchants out there that have grown their business basically in the last five years online and have now been able to reach markets previously probably out of their reach. And so probably really important for them to know what are the obligations from a tax point of view or just, you know, how it works and that sort of thing. So I guess maybe a good thing to start is with all the changes that has happened in e-commerce, you know, what are some of the changes in the recent years you have seen to, you know, GST, VAT, sales tax that our exporters are faced with? Yeah.
0: Well, I guess firstly, if we look at just maybe saying what indirect tax is. Sure. Yeah, let's yeah, do explain that. that. So in the tax world, really, taxes fall into two broad buckets okay. called direct tax, which is tax paid directly to a tax authority, like your income tax. You know, you, Your employer might pay it over as PAY in advance, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you, you put a tax return in and you pay whatever tax you need to on your income. Mm-hmm. So for both individuals and companies, those are it's income tax is a direct tax. Other forms of tax are called indirect because they're paid via another party to the government and GST is a good example of that you know when um, you buy something from a shop you know you pay what you pay is the cost of the item plus an element of GST mm-hmm. and the business owner collects that GST for the government it might they might they're able to offset any GST that they incur on buying things mm-hmm. and the net amount they pay over to the government yep. so it's indirect because it's coming through another party and that other party then becomes liable for it. So even though as a consumer, I might pay GST when I spend money, mm. it's the merchant, it's the business owner that is liable to the government to pay it. So if oh, they yeah, don't really. collect it, you know, the government doesn't come after me, they come after the business. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So key thing, key thing about indirect taxes, yeah, it's based around your revenue or turnover. Gotcha. Income tax might be profit, but indirect taxes, if you're a business, it's what you're selling and the tax is based on that. Perfect. Okay, awesome, thanks for that explanation.
2: Yeah, no, so let's expand on that. So uh, what are the challenges at the moment that with indirect tax that you probably think businesses that may uh, be growing quite quickly are not aware of and they might you know, need someone like you to be educating them on what they should do next? Yeah,
0: well, I think it's just really the rapid expansion in the scope of indirect taxes. Mm. So indirect tax has been around for 30 or 40 years. It's a lot younger than income tax. Uh, but in the last thirty years, it's just exploded. You know, Starting with, start with the EU, then throughout Asia and Africa, um, all GST and VAT has just exploded. And over the last five to ten years, tax countries around the world have been trying to grapple with how do you how do you tax the digital economy? Mm, yeah. Because historically, it's all been country-based. Everyone sits in silos, their country silos. You know, accountants and specialists look at their country. Um, you only pay tax on your operations in your country. Uh, and there's a network of international tax agreements that the co- countries have agreed between themselves to try and divvy up the tax take. Yeah, you know, The OECD, about five years ago, tried to get countries to agree on a way to divvy up the share of profits from the digital economy, right? Yep. Uh, and it failed because um, every country wanted a bigger slice. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: t- what usually happens when all these countries want to do a... You know, a deal across all of them never really. Someone was always going to lose.
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so they they couldn't reach agreement. Yeah. Uh, but the key thing is those those international tax agreement they only cover direct taxes, not indirect taxes. Right. Okay. So and those those agreements sort of constrain what countries can do in terms of introducing new tax on foreign parties. <laughs> so I, I guess in terms of um, what has changed is, is, is a mindset change and what they call the destination principle. So okay. countries are looking at where the the consumers are where's the destination that you're selling to and if that destination is in my country i want a a slice of that and the mechanism to do that is through indirect tax so starting to say right because you're selling to my population my people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you need to register in our country and account for our taxes and indirect tax is, is the mechanism because there's nothing internationally that allow that forces them to negotiate with another country before they do it
1: yeah cool so I mean let's put a use case into that let's say I am a merchant um, out of the Orcs Bay um, selling wine and all of a sudden I get some interest out of the UK and I can see there's a bunch of different orders going there and I'm starting to face some issues because things aren't leaving customs there and I'm just not sure what to do yeah. um, could you maybe a little expand a little bit on people's obligations to sell
0: into those markets or yeah. what sort of hurdles they might face yeah i mean if we look, can I take wine as an example i'll leave us aside any kind of duty or other um things that might be applied to wine because yeah sure exactly, okay there's... let's forget about the alcohol Let's <laughs> yeah. just yeah. any products or, or something yeah, sure so, <laughs> and, and, and the uk is actually an interesting example because um as soon as they left the um customs union for the eu I mean, they left the eu a year ago but it was only december 31 that they actually left the eu customs Problem. area right gotcha so immediately they said okay um, we, The mechanism for collecting VAT on imports is through the customs process, right? So mm-hmm. generally, uh, if you are importing something, customers will look at and assess VAT, or GST if it's in New Zealand, yep. and you pay it before they release the goods. Most countries have like a, a low value exemption, because gotcha. the admin's too great. Yep. Um, so if you were sending small items, didn't have to worry. Yeah. I
2: think, is that under £135? Bingo, yeah. Bingo, Bang. I know something. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hey? I think in New Zealand it was $200 at some 400. point. It's, $400. they are talking about that, I think it's, it's a $1,000. Oh,
2: um, okay, so oh, that um, point I just won, I just lost. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: um, yeah, I have to make sure I go back and check that. was <laughs> no, no, that's that's right. right. a 1000 My focus is much outside of New Zealand. No, sure. Okay. Um, so uh, you, we're able to sort of transact and, and, and do business globally because of technology yeah um, the governments are also using technology to try and track what's going on mm. and the, uh, the bottom line is it's becoming easier for them to track consignments going through customs and require tax to be paid so they they don't need the low-value thresholds anymore because previously the admin headache would have, would have glued things up now um, if you're sending your customs declarations uh, have to be uh, digitized yep. and i think if you go to New Zealand post now you pay an extra five bucks for them to um do it di- for you do it for you yep. to digitize your, your details mm-hmm. so everything clear in customs is now has the digital information about you know who's sending it what's the value um recipient yep. uh, so the mechanism for tracking is a lot, uh, a lot better, but the specific example of the UK. So from one January, um, they are requiring any. They call it consignment. So yep. if you if you send um, two items together, mm-hmm. it's that aggregated values, the consignment mm, value, yep, not sure. individual yep. things. Whatever's in the box. Whatever's in the box. <laughs> exactly. And if it's one hundred and thirty five pounds or less, then they want the VAT to be collected at the point of sale. Right. Awesome. Okay. So, so if so I'm a
1: merchant selling into the UK and my total purchase is under 135 pounds that I'm sending over there, yep. I need to collect that
0: duty. Yes. That. that, that. And, and and there's no threshold. So like in New Zealand, if you are trading uh, until you turn over sixty thousand dollars in twelve months, you mm-hmm. don't have to register for GST. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's similar thresholds if you're a UK business. There's similar thresholds, but they decide for importers, assuming I guess they're sophisticated enough because they're selling internationally. There's no threshold. So from day one, you are liable for 20% VAT on that uh, that, 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 that item. Yeah. So Ooh. anything
1: from even a $30 item up to a $3,000 item, I'm collecting 20% on?
0: This is where it gets a bit difficult. Um, okay. So that £135 um, pound, uh, threshold mm-hmm. is to have point, tax collected at point of sale. Okay, gotcha. Above £135, pounds, it then goes through the normal customs process. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is then import duties are likely to be payable as well. So let's just say under 135, there's going to be no customs duties, so you just collect the tax. Above 135, we'll go through the old uh, import process and whoever's clearing through the import uh, will, will pay. Mm. Oh, okay, interesting. There, there are mechanisms. I mean, if you wanted to um, ensure that, uh, so, so if, if you pay, it's obviously process of, of paying the, uh, the VAT is required. There are processes for the UK, if your um, fast parcel delivery company is, is on board with it, to allow you to prepay the VAT through customs so that it gets to your um, customer more quickly. Of course. Um, yeah. And so that might be from a customer service point of view, that might be something to look at. Definitely. But, but going back to the cheaper, the what, sub 135, so all of the um, customs certificates have been digitised, and the like the DHLs of the world who are clearing them through customs, yeah. are the ones we put on the spot to make sure that the sufficient information is is there. And if there isn't information about, you know, your VAT registration number, the value, or whatever to, to confirm that uh, VAT has been charged, it'll probably be put to the side to be dealt with. So yeah. the the um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna, not going to moralise here about everyone should c- should no. comply with their tax laws, but. Yeah. The implications for a lot of indirect hacks is if you don't, you know, rather than have your goods transit smoothly through customs, yeah. it's going to sit in the warehouse until uh, mm. someone works out what I do with it. They might say, OK, if we can't be sure that that's been collected, we're going to make the customer pay. Plus admin charges, which that
2: is not a good user experience. Not yeah. a good user experience. They got to go there as well. They got to go to the warehouse and fork out, you know,
1: the, the VAT, and then. Well, it's and also you know, gonna people are going to complain. Client. There's going to be inquiries or tickets that are, you know, customer service inquiries that are going to be dealt with. So it's a twofold thing. It just makes life a lot harder. Yeah, so very difficult. now, can I ask a question? So if I am a New Zealand merchant and I do sell into the UK and I'm collecting VAT at the mm-hmm. point of sale, yeah. how do I pay that VAT to? the authorities over there. Does it done on a, and because like, if you're collecting it, I'm sure you have to pass it on, right? Yeah. So
0: how does that work? Yeah. So um, generally you'd file your VAT returns quarterly. Yeah, okay. businesses get bigger, um, they go down to two, two monthly and, and monthly for mm-hmm. over like 20 million pounds or something, but okay. the start point is, is, is quarterly. Uh, and so you file a return each quarter and then you pay your VAT over. So wow. um, filing can be done online, um, the HMRC have, have uh, good portals to later file online and it does mean making an international payment to HMRC in the UK of, of the VAT gotcha.
1: so, and there's well, no thresholds there so let's say and um, you know in New Zealand with 60,000 before I have to become registered is there any thresholds for say if I'm only selling 10 to 20,000 pounds worth of goods into the UK I'm liable on every single Everything. dollar. Everything. Okay. Everything. I
2: think yeah. the real answer is when it gets to that stage, you, you hire Morgan here to, to help it you pulls, out. Yeah. So that,
1: that's the, that's the
2: yeah. true answer. Oh, I'm
0: asking all these questions for my no, own benefit no, here, no, guys. <laughs> yeah. So there's yeah. no
2: threshold. It's right from the start and yeah. Yeah, you got to... Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay.
0: And, but yeah, to keep your advisor in the loop if you're going to start doing things like that so they can uh, try yeah. and yeah, help and guide. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, what I just brought up there is real sort of tech. So did you have another
2: question? No, I was going to say, is there more that we need to know about, um, you know, importing into the UK or selling into the UK? Or uh, I was going to move on to, you know, to, similar things need to happen when we're talking about the US or Canada yeah. or, or other countries in the EU. But uh, if you've got a another question. No, mine we'll, was
1: related to that. Exactly. I was just going to ask, essentially, um, you know, there could be technical challenges in this sort of thing, like figuring out, especially if I've got a popular product, something that's gone viral or it's just blown the roof finger spinners and I'm, yeah that's thought <laughs> well, hey, they were anyway. <laughs> 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 <what> they <laughs> no, <laughs> anyway yeah, that's, that's man that's so 2015 now sure <laughs> <Anyway. Sorry. laughs> um yeah so just you know I'm selling into all these different states in the US um mm-hmm. and I guess sort of my question is 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 more related on um you know like uh, what are the technical challenges uh, that people that you've spoken to maybe face with you know, calculating or collecting all of that um, tax the correct way as it should
0: be? Yeah. So the US is, is, is difficult. Is, so
1: it, is it a it, completely it, separate conversation? It, it is, Okay. It is.
0: Um, And I think we'll, we'll come back to the UK and the EU a bit sure. uh, later. But okay. um, so there's no federal sales tax in the US. Mm-hmm. Everything's on a state-by-state basis. So different set of rules for each state. Um, different rate, tax rates for each state. They call it the state. United States of America, but it could something. be the divided states of America. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so of the 50 states, something like 46 have sales tax. Mm. Um, and But worse, they also have what they call local taxes. So each city or county or, you know, even within the cities, they'll have a, a district. And they may have rights to levy their own tax. So the tax rate that might be charged in the, us to a customer might be a combination of four or five different yeah taxes I see some receipts the
1: from there even just for like dinner or like a purchase and it's here's your subtotal and then there's this tax yeah. that tax
0: this uh, tax it's crazy exactly <laughs> so so and if the um, state base goes on the destination of the customer basically where the customer is then what you need to be doing is collecting the that address look, uh, information mm-hmm. so you know exactly where the customer is and then using it to determine what is the what are the what are the Taxes that apply to that transaction. Awesome. Because um, and it might be because it's very specific to the address. The tax that you charge someone on one side of the street is different from the tax you charge someone on the other side of the street, literally, because they're in a different civic jurisdiction for whatever wow. reason. that is yeah. interesting. Um, so it's really the first. Firstly, the technical challenge of making sure you are, um, are uh, identifying the right. Tax. Amount of tax to charge to that yeah. person based on their delivery yeah. point where they live. Yep. Yeah. So the address. Now, look, um, the worst thing I think with taxes is doing nothing. Yeah, right. So if you, the complexity of the US is, is difficult. Um, you know, better to be doing something even if it's not 100% right than not do it at all. Yeah. Sure. So if you if you fail to collect that 0.05% of the tax for one particular uh, town, small town, Maybe not that bad. Maybe not that bad. Yeah, topping um, it up, but but yeah, the, the, and it's and it's, it's strictly speaking, it's, it's quite technical. So yeah. there are and it's m- only
1: going to become more and more technical as well, right? The more these different states um, and. and you know, countries isolating themselves from the rest of the world. There's gonna be different things that pop up all the time. So I know at least um, within Shopify itself, if you do allow say products to be purchased in California, um, Shopify will automatically know what these values are on products. And then when people do hit your checkout, as long as that shipping profile is active and correctly set up, um, all of those will be added automatically. Yep. So then I guess it's just up to you as a business owner or merchant to ensure that whatever you have collected are passed on to the right authorities over there. which damn, I didn't even think about this before, but now if you think about it, you're selling into all these different markets. You've got all, a lot of stuff when it comes to end of financial year and I don't know, end of financial year may be different in the US, to the UK, to yeah. New Zealand and it probably is. and a so lot,
0: a lot of the sales tax is actually monthly. But so, there you go you know, so each month you're gonna file a return so that's, that's, if you think about the example there mm-hmm. there waldo yeah um so yeah shopify can calculate because um, be, they'll be tapped into a database to work out exactly what the rates are to a charge a, a sure. customer but before you set up your shopify account and 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 um, make sure that the your products are identified as taxable and and you know and and where you're selling to you actually need you need to register with the tax authority because it's firstly it is actually um a, an offence in the US to start collecting sales tax if you're not actually registered first. So yes. the, the prior oh, thing yeah. is to understand: well, do I need to be registered? And there's a whole series of things we can talk about briefly as to determine whether you need to be registered. But if you are, before you can set up um, that uh, the tax logic in Shopify, you need to actually uh, register. Because Shopify and, yeah, you know, I think, um, Leo, you're going to, talk about Shopify plus and whether there's integrations with other service providers Mm. Um, and and that might allow um, the Shopify the service provider to pay over the the monies but if Shopify or your um, payment service provider is just charging the right amount of money and sending it to you if you get the money then it's your obligation to be Paying it over to the tax authority, so you got to be really clear in that whole process. You know, registering first, making sure you got that infrastructure within your your e-commerce um, uh, site to um, correctly charge, and then be clear. Well, who was actually going to be the, be then filing the returns and, and uh, paying over? Yeah, I've actually seen it where um, uh, a bit of confusion caused. And it came out through reviews of the balance sheet uh, with the state in the U.S. and um, tax was being collected. But they forgot to register. So that's a fence for a start. And right, look at the okay. balance sheet, and you've got this, this growing liability account where all the money you're collecting from the customers is just sitting, but not being paid because no one. The, yeah there's no communication to work out who, who's who's doing the registration re, re, registrations and who's actually paying it over so yeah. that's the real back end leg work too
1: yeah. right so that's a situation where you know you are collecting tax but you're not registered over there what if you uh, you know what happens if people choose not to collect any tax at sale? because i know merchants that have sold all over the world and they just sell XGST for people outside of new zealand so so what happens in that instance yeah
0: well oh, to to a large degree um, if it's been fairly low-value items, there hasn't been a mechanism to collect. Mm. Um, it's, so we're talking about the UK and sub-135 yep. pounds. From 1 July, the EU is doing the same thing on on sub-150 euro consignments. Okay, um, So a lot of these are new rules coming in. So a few years ago, you didn't have to worry about it. Mm. Um, and also, if, you, if you're selling B2B, then you generally don't have to worry about it, particularly with the, with the UK and EU. Because if it's B2B, they're going to be able to recover any VAT you charge them. So they say, okay, to simplify it, B to B, will do it under the, under the reverse charge, which is a process yeah. whereby the recipient levies the tax themselves. Mm-hmm. But if it's B to C, they want the the, the, the merchant to be collecting. Now, it's a, so the UK rules for that, for the sub-135, only came in 1, one January. One January yeah. I think it was 2019 that a requirement to register in Australia, if you're selling over $75,000, came in. Mm-hmm. um so a lot of it is relatively new so what happens if you don't um firstly you got the issue of will your goods actually be um made to make, make, make it to the better. customer yeah so you know it, 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 yeah, you said unhappy customer is not going to come back to your to your store mm-hmm. you know, if they don't get your goods you know the time and, and 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 energy also invested um and the other thing is yeah you know, if you choose not to uh, collect tax then you usually have a liability and because that liability is based on a percentage of revenue, particularly if you're a high-margin, sorry, high rev, high high-volume, low-margin business, that liability that you're building up is can be massive compared to your profits. So, gotcha. um, it's really the big stick of the taxman coming along and, and levying leaving um, the, the tax that you haven't collected, um, because all what you're doing if you don't collect your tax from your customer is really taking that liability onto yourself and saying yeah. right. I'll take that risk. If I get caught, I'll pay up. You'll you obviously go back to your customer and say, oh, you know, two years ago I didn't charge you GST. <laughs> how about, uh, yeah, how, how about, about it? That? How about it now? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Mm, so so it's really that big stick of uh, the tax ban coming. Now, truth be told, it is h- very hard for foreign tax jurisdictions to enforce uh, a tax debt in another country. Yeah. You know, for now. For now. Mm. But, you know, if you're going to sell your business, and this is a big thing in the US because you know if you're selling your business at a very high level uh, people choose between selling the company run through the company so you sell your shares in the company and that whole, co- whole company goes over to the to the purchaser yeah? yeah if you sell the company all of the tax liabilities go with it mm. so as part of the due diligence process the buyer's going to look around and go yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. look right. That price you wanted, let's just start bringing that down God because I've taken yeah. on all your all your history. Yeah. If you're, doing, if you're doing a sale of assets in like the UK and Europe, generally those VAT liabilities liabilities will stay with the the um, company. So, you know, you manage to sell your business, but you've got this company with a lot of cash and liabilities, and you know, you're, again, you're going to hope that at the time you want that cash, that the tax man's not not uh, able to enforce it.
1: Exactly.
0: In the US, by by (laughs) contrast, um, they do have rules that allow the sales tax liability to carry over to the purchaser, even for an asset sale. So your your purchaser, whether they're going to buy the assets of the business or um, the shares in in the company, they're going to do uh, proper due diligence on, um, on, on the past transactions to see if there's a liability. And I've been involved with it in the past uh, acquisition where we identified a significant uh, VAT liability across Europe. It was about uh, half a million pounds. So immediately we said to the vendor, you know, well, that's half a million pounds less because, you know, yeah. there's liability. And they, they agreed because they wanted to sell. And we agreed we would sort out the liability. But of course, because we've already got the money from them to pay it, our aim was just to get it done as quickly and efficiently as possible, not at the lowest cost. So hmm. we settled all the liabilities yep. and said thank you very much. Without, you know, we we were conscientious about it, but there was no incentive on us to try and make sure it was done efficiently or negotiate to try and get the best outcome. So if you are selling your business at the time of all this historical uh, liability, you, know, you don't have a lot, a lot of bargaining power, really. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Nobody wants to take on someone else's
1: bad juju debts, <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever you <laughs> want to call it. I <laughs> think I've heard it being yes. called juju, but yes, <laughs> yeah. I understand. Hey, look. Um, for me, a lot of this sounds complicated and I'm sure there's some people listening here that will be au fait, they got it. Um, others will be a little bit on the same lines as what I am on. Um, what are some things that people need to look out for? Like, I don't know if you want to name a top so-and-so, but just like some real key things for someone like myself who is maybe running stuff and is not doing the correct thing. Um, like what are the things I can do to help? What sort of tech is available maybe that I can lean
0: on? Yeah. Any 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 sort of ideas there? Yeah. I mean, f- First thing I'm always going to say is keep your advisor in the loop, your accountant, or whatever, um, yep. and they might n- may not know about it, but they might be able to put you in touch with someone. Yep. You know, um, and um, just so they know what's going on, they can help. They can yep. help guide. So, but if you're looking at um, things to really be aware of, um, so if you look at the US and sales tax, right? Um, sales tax uh, in, in the US is a bit different from GST and VAT. With um, GST and VAT. At each stage of the supply chain, you charge the tax, and if it's a business that's paying it, they get to recover it, right? So, um, with a retail sales tax like the U.S., they try and identify the last, the end consumer, and make sure tax is only collected on, on that transaction. Mm. So you've got a whole process of um, uh, exemptions at various stages of the distribution chain before then. So, um, the first thing to be aware of with the U.S. is you know, are you selling to someone who is on selling? Mm. Because most, um, most states have what they call a reseller exemption. Mm-hmm. So if you are selling to someone who's going to on-sell it, that's not a sale to the final consumer. Mm. So a reseller exemption would apply, and therefore you um, don't have to charge gotcha. sales tax. That's
1: so you're supplying a retail chain over there um, with your product, and they on-sell it direct to consumer? Yep. Cool.
2: How do you prove if, they're, if they are a reseller? How do you state that?
0: Um it's a declaration that they make. So um the end user has to make that declaration that they are
2: I'm just trying to think of someone
1: trying to I think to the last the, the, the well the last person that's handing that product over to the customer and receiving money for it, they need to declare the mm. tax. Yeah, I was just trying to yeah. find a way through the loopholes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was like, who's thought of this? Like, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, all, I mean, yeah, I love loopholes. Um is there a way, you know, um I don't know setting up a company. No, there's no way. No, it's taxes, it's not, let's not there's do no that way.
2: on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> other things with the, with the US is um, so it's in, it's then uh, doesn't, it's not as broad based as GST. So sales tax historically was a tax on tangible thi- property, so physical goods. So mm-hmm. you know your, your pens, yeah. you know, and and it's gradually been extended to some services. So um, a lot of services, you know, if you are doing IT consulting, say, yep. you know. Um, that is a service that's going to be generally not taxable so you're in a low risk um, category and also within tangible goods most states that have sales tax also exempt um, grocery items so if you're selling you know the uh, picks peanut butter hmm. that's not going to have um, sales tax gotcha. because it's a grocery item okay uh, But things like health supplements can be tricky because hmm. yeah you know, are they actually a food item Grocery or are they some kind of you know, uh, vitamin supplement, yeah, which is not classed as grocery it could be taxable? So, that makes sense. So, groceries are, is, is a big one. That's you know, you if you're selling um, food and beverages, good chance you don't have to worry about US sales tax. Mm. Um, software is a tricky and growing area. Um, of the 50 states, things about 26 tax software, yes. uh, and uh. Um, they have sort of gone down the route of saying, well, you know, if you buy a, a disk with a program on it or if you're um, buying a SaaS application, you're really buying a, an item. You know, it's not a service. You, someone's someone's mm. produced it and selling it to you. Software, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, if, you, if you're selling software, particularly SaaS, yeah, about half of the states are going to um, expect you to collect Enforce. sales tax if, yep. you, if you exceed the thresholds. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Um, that makes that makes sense.
2: So at the end of the day, if a merchant in New Zealand is selling globally, but there's just there's no tax on the product as soon as it leaves our shores, except for the UK, do they? What you're saying is, in the US, yes, you have to be aware, you have to register, you have to make sure um, you're doing things by the books. It's not just as easy as no, no. When I sell it to the US, I'm just not putting my GST on it.
0: Not anymore. Not anymore.
2: Um, that ship sailed, unfortunately. Right. And, and when um, did that ship sail? Because I am behind. <laughs> oh, yeah, same, right. That's what I'm <laughs>
0: learning about. So that part will get cut out. Okay. <laughs> no, just get no, no, no. That's a good question. So <laughs> the, the question's legit. Yeah, no, and, and um, we getting too um technical. Um, so if you look at the US, right, um, so to have to account for sales tax in the US, you need to have a sufficient connection with the state. It's a term they call nexus. Mm-hmm. So if no. you have Nexus with a state and you're selling a taxable product, you have to collect sales tax. Yes. Okay. So the question then is, is what is Nexus? Uh, historically, it was required some kind of physical presence. You, know, you have an office, sales staff, an agent or something operating in that state. Um, and so if you're just sitting in New Zealand and you're shipping your products off and maybe use a distributor in the States and whether they take ownership or not, you may not have Nexus in the States. You're able to actually say, right, I don't have to worry about it. Um, in 2018, there was a Supreme Court case, South Dakota v Wayfair, and that overturned decades of US case law where that required some kind of physical, physical presence in the state. And really, the Supreme Court said, the way businesses o- operate now, you don't actually, don't actually need to have boots on the gr- on the ground in the state. Mm. You, know, you can do it all remotely. Yep. So h- this requirement for physical presence is really outdated. Yep. So it's more reasonable to set a threshold, either in dollar terms or number of transactions, Uh, And if a business exceeds those thresholds, then it's reasonable to to, um, collect sales tax. Basically,
1: the fact that so much of your product is coming into our, you may as well have a physical presence there. So your obligations are the same.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so the states said, rub their hands together, and and now that they're sort of facing all their um, their post COVID liabilities and shortage of cash, they're rubbing their hands together, uh, saying this is a way to collect money from people outside the country. So it's a lot easier. A lot more politically acceptable to collect money from Johnny Foreigner than it is to, yeah. you know it's
1: actually um you know for those u.s merchants out there that have all those tax obligations between states it's so much harder for them to sell than in new zealand where it's just like the one blanket rule right so i know that there is some tech um specific to the u.s that i see when digital strategists are putting together solutions for their clients you know they'll have a tool like i think it's called avalara Avalara. Mm -hmm. something or there's other tax tools that automatically ensure that this is all taken care of for you so it's another piece of your tech stack that automatically becomes. The norm yep. um, and i think if you are a merchant out there and you are selling into higher volumes into all of these different states it's definitely either yeah talk to your tax consultant um and uh you know or look into some of these tools that will be able
0: to yeah. make life a lot easier definitely. for you yeah. Cool. yeah so they're like avalara is a great one it's got quite a few uh, businesses in new zealand actually use avalara yep. uh, tax jar is another one mm-hmm. they specialize in e-commerce to try and link in with their um, uh, uh, your e-commerce site, Quaderno yep. um, in, the, in, in the in in Europe, awesome. um, Taxify. So th- th- there's lots of um, online uh, electronic solutions that yep. can be used to um, solve the problem, and almost all of them have a lot of content on their websites to try and explain exactly. the rules to you. Because what they tend to do is say, right, we'll provide a solution, but we're not going to tell you we have a liability. You've got to come to us and say, right. Um, I've got a liability in um, the state of California, therefore I've registered. Um, let's um, yeah link it. So basically, you, you'll in- integrate their the Avalara system, and if you're selling to a customer in um, in, in California, yeah, you know, your, your CRM system will do a. Um, a, a an API call to Avalara to work out what is yeah. the tax rate like to charge that And I customer. imagine yeah. the local
1: the local states there will also give you like a unique identifier, some sort of a GST, like a version of a GST number over here exactly, where everything's yeah. reverted back to. Yeah. You'll have a California state GST number or unique if identifier. If you guys really
2: want to know, so on, Avalara yeah. has uh, over 12,000 uh, jurisdictions yeah. tax codes that are up to date. Awesome. So if you're using a system, it is more for plus, but um, as Morgan said, there are other uh, tools for normal Shopify platform. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the key thing. There, sorry,
0: interruptly. Yeah, no. no, no that, so, yeah, so So they have got fantastic tools to sort of automate that whole process and yeah. take a lot of pain away from you. But again, but th- once you tell them, you need to tell them where you're registered and do that registration, get that mm-hmm. tax number for a start, mm-hmm. um, before they can actually work their magic. Um, and
1: so, more 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 merchants out there are not going to know this. So what's the best way for them to know this?
0: about um, whether when they need to. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so you can either get in touch with an advisor, yeah. get in touch with me. That's, that's re- what I was weighing into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> trying to Tell help them, them how. Go on. How. So you, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Morgan Hardy. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. Happy yeah. to sort of have a bit of a chat. You know, there are a lot of good resources on the likes of Avalara's websites that will talk about the Nexus tests. Yeah. Um, there yeah. are You've got holds. a small
1: website as well, which is sort of just more like a business card. Best best ways LinkedIn, but some people like to check people out on their website and so on. So that's... Your website? Yes, so
0: it's um, www.i-tax.co.nz. Yeah, um, and I'm starting to uh, put more under in, in the blog section of information. Awesome. And what I will do is I'll put up the threshold levels for all the U.S. states uh, on great. that website, so if anyone wants to go to that, oh, be awesome. log. we'll put yeah. a
2: link to to you, to, yours, to that blog article under the podcast. So people yeah. can go there straight away. And bit, straight then through. just some
1: additional value for people. I picked up on one thing that you did mention there, um, and that is that it sounds like for the EU, obligations are changing from the 1st of July. Yes. So guys if you are selling into those markets this may be a really good time for you to just uh, get it on top of this the new financial year in new zealand's approaching as well and so this may just be the perfect time to just make sure that your shop sorted all the other stuff but more importantly tax obligations yeah. and making sure that um, you're part of this globalization, which yeah. is happening, right? We call, we always talk about globalization, and um, tax is a natural follower slash sometimes a trendsetter as to you know what can and can't be done in those markets. Yeah. So um, yeah. no, that's really yeah. awesome. So that's, Was there any anything else that you really think that the Kiwis that are listening to this um, or Aussies, sorry, don't discriminate, um, should really
0: that you want to get across that we haven't covered just yet? I guess probably the key thing is is. Um, how you actually transact? So tax is driven by you know where you're selling from, what you're selling, yep. and who you're selling to. So what you're selling and how you're selling it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so we just like the, take the UK as an example. If you're selling your widgets uh, and delivering delivering them from New Zealand, um, you now need to um, collect VAT, um, and if it's over 135 pounds, it'll be collected at the border. Cool. Now, obviously, if you are posting from New Zealand, you got the whole shipment delay time so you might go actually no I don't want to be shipping from New Zealand I'll either use a 3PL or have a warehouse in the UK so I'll have stock there that I can ship um, using Royal Mail and mm-hmm. get that customer delivery a lot quicker so that fundamentally changes from a tax perspective how that is applied gotcha. so what you're doing then is if you're going to take like a consignment of stock and put it in a warehouse with a 3PL or anyone um, or you can set up a company and, and have your own company operating in the UK. Which a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Yeah. And, and you, have to do you can do it all remotely. Mm-hmm. What you're then doing is you're then taking that whole consignment, the whole pallet or whatever, the container load, and you are clearing it through customs yourself. Yeah. So there will be VAT um, paid at uh, that customs clearance process. So, yeah. um, And then you want to make sure you are registered in um, the uh, UK so that... That VAT that you pay on cust- customs, you get to recover. Because what I have seen uh, is an example um, uh, years ago actually with a a distributor in in Canada, and so the process with GST in Canada is like VAT and GST here is mm-hmm. you have the tax charged at uh, on import for the customs process, and then if you're a business, you when you, you recover that tax against your the GST you need to pay over from the Apple tax you collected from customers, yeah? Gotcha. Okay. Um, now, this business was was doing it all themselves and they decided to bring in a distributor. And they re- negotiated terms with the distributor and said, um, okay, so, so our product, you sell it, you'll pay us X for the, for the product um, and you can also clear the um, customs because you're on, on the ground there. You can charge us all the customs duties, but because you're going to recover the GST, you don't get to charge us that, you know, so you pay the GST and you recover it. And they're like, Yep, we're happy to help, we'll do that. Years roll by and they got a tax audit and no one had ever actually got around to changing the import process. So all the import documentation was still in the exporter's name, not in the name of the distributor. Oh no. So the tax man said, Okay, well see I see you're claiming all this um, import GST. The trouble is it's not your GST. And the distributor we said, well, I paid the money. Well, I said, well, your name's not on the invoice, so sorry, we're going to deny, it." say it was three years' worth of a book claim. It turned out to be millions of dollars. Ouch. Yeah, and so, so. the distributor then comes back to the um, exporter and say, well, you know, look, yeah. Yeah, yeah. can we talk? And mm. so the exporter said, well, I'm no longer registered. Um, right. I can register and file returns, but I want you to pay for that. And so it just became a real a real mess. Yeah. yeah. So um, the other thing I'll we'll talk about is If you're then um, wanting to have the stock on site in a particular country, you need to think about um, does it doesn't move requirement to register and and collect tax on the sale domestically because what you're doing then is just like in the UK, Canada, whatever, you're making a sale domestically because you're taking the goods out of your warehouse Mm -hmm. in the UK, sent to a customer. So you still need to do VAT on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not
1: imports all good, like. yeah. Because
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. you've done you've done the just import previously when you've exactly. got the whole container load in. Makes sense. So it's just it's just making sure that you are registered in time to uh, recover that VAT on the import. Because mm-hmm. if you pay it and then go, oh, I'll register later on, and you they'll know, probably say, Well, okay, you know, you started business here, that's VAT from before. So, sorry. Tough yeah. 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 Whoops. yeah. Yeah,
1: it's a timely reminder guys i mean in the last year we know how big we keep talking about it e-commerce has grown i know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that you know have burst out of their seams over the last 12 months and so um probably a really good timely reminder just to make sure your tax affairs are in order speak to the professionals Uh, face-to-face a phone call is still the most valuable option um yes there is a lot of information you can find online a lot of it can be convoluted sometimes and you have to basically make sense of it right which is can be just as hard as we could be reading the handbook more often than not the wording that's used as well is quite high level and can be above people like myself so um Yeah, the golden
2: the golden rule. Sorry, Sorry, the golden rule. I think I say (laughs) to all the merchants is, if you're now starting to sell volume into that country, talk to a professional. If you're now got a shipping container going into that country for the third party logistic that you've teamed up with, start talking to a professional, um,
1: because like again, it's a small outlay at the start that you may think of, but it can save you a ton of money down the line. So, um, yes, guys. So that's i-tax or i-tax.co.nz. Morgan. Want to thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Uh, was thank there you. anything else you wanted to add?
2: No, no, I've learned something about tax. Yeah, definitely. So thank you, Morgan, because it, it is a subject that people just put to the side, mm. and then they uh, find out they've got these big bills to pay. So, yep. uh, get on it is, yeah. uh, is, is the key thing. to Exactly. Take away today.
1: So, yeah. Morgan, um, that's i-tax.co.nz or i-tax, and LinkedIn you mentioned. Yeah. Um, Morgan Hardy.
0: Morgan Hardy. Morgan Hardy. Yep. Find them on there. Thank you, sir. Cool. No, thank you, guys. And I think, uh, for me, great um, as, as success, success that uh, you're both still awake at the end of uh, every half an hour. <laughs> that no, that's tax. brilliant. No, so, that's awesome. No, I, I love the opportunity. And, uh, um, yeah, I think uh, anything I can do to help educate sort of New Zealand exporters to sort of avoid these problems, I think it's it's a win. Um, and, yeah, just encourage people to reach out, you know, like getting you guys involved just to sort of say, exactly. you know, you know will there be tax implications and yeah they shouldn't expect you to give the answers but yeah. you are saying yes go and check it out
1: and if you've got an existing relationship there's loyalty is a big thing for us you know if you have an existing relationship with your tax um, authority or, or advisor sorry um just have a chat with them make yeah. sure that you are covered um and some of them aren't experts no you know,
2: exactly indirect sorry. tax and stuff so this yep. is why yeah We've got Morgan here. Yeah, so. exactly. and,
0: and there is a network within New Zealand, um, uh, various accountants who advise, specialists who advise accountants. And I sort of there plug into go. those as well. And you play on that, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: Look at so, that, yeah, see? Yeah. We've got the top of the top here. So <laughs> exactly. with that, yeah, yeah. I want to say thank you, Morgan. Thank you for coming in today. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Leo.
1: Thanks hey, if you, guys, if you guys enjoyed this, uh, please remember to like, subscribe, leave a comment. Um, it's really valuable for us to get your feedback. And um, yeah, look forward to catching you on the next episode. Ciao.